Welcome to the Mountain Park Church Podcast. We're excited to share this week's message with you. Our mission is to allow God to work in and through us, and we'd love to hear your story of how God has been working in or through you. Email us at mystory@mp.church and tell us how God has been working in and through you. Today, I want to talk to you about stewarding seasons. And this is something that I've been walking through and that I've been learning. And as we, as we kind of turn this corner in preparation for Easter, Easter's a few weeks away. As I've been uh, reflecting on and meditating on the Word of God, as I've been studying and learning for myself, um, I just, uh, Jesus has been showing me all over the place all over scripture where um, seasons come into effect. And as we turn this corner toward Easter, I was reminded as I was just reflecting this last week um, on just reading through all of the gospels and, and all of the things that happened in the days leading up to the arrest of Jesus. I just took time this week to just kind of immerse myself in what was happening in Jesus's life. And I paused on John 17 verse 1 and it caught my attention and I didn't really even understand why at first but I paused there and I just I want you to look there with me this morning and it's just a few words but I I believe that it's a few simple words that can really change how we approach life and can really allow us to steward seasons in our life more effectively and efficiently in John 17, so this is after um, the Last Supper. This is after Jesus has washed his disciples' feet. He served the communion. It's after he's completed kind of all of these major assignments in his life. This is what happens. He goes out to the Garden of Gethsemane with his disciples, and he's now in the final stages of preparation He's still in these stages of preparing himself to endure the cross, the, the, the next kind of hurdle that he has to jump. He's now in a season of preparation, and he goes into this garden, and he falls on his knees, and he spends time in intense prayer to prepare himself. And this is what he says in John 17, 1. After saying all these things, Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. And I just stopped there. And I thought, wow, how incredible is it that Jesus was so connected to and in tune with his heavenly father that he understood the changing seasons, that he actually was able to trigger for himself the next season that he knew God was calling him into. Often in our lives, we stumble our way through seasons and we kind of kind of fall uh, across the line and we kind of uh, back our way into things, not even knowing kind of what's going on. We walk from one season to the next and we are oblivious. We have no clue. But Jesus was so connected to God. He was so connected to the Father that he understood when one season was ending and another season began. And I've just been thinking about this for my own life and for our lives in general as we prepare for Easter. There's no way that Jesus could have endured what he endured on the cross and with the torture and suffering that he endured if he hadn't stewarded the seasons of his life well. And so I've just been reflecting on that 
in the last little while. I was mentioning to Rochelle the other day that, you know, if, if I could have my way, which will never happen, but if I could have my way, I would live somewhere like Los Angeles because then you can just pick what season you want to live in. Like you can surf on the ocean, but then you can drive for an hour and be in the Sierra Nevada mountain range and go skiing. So it's like the best of all worlds. If I could live in Los Angeles, it'd be incredible to be able to just pick what season I want to live in that morning or that afternoon or that day and, and just have the luxury of just driving an hour and being in snow and being able to ski and then driving an hour in the other direction and being on the coast and being in the water would be incredible. And I think that sometimes I just was reflecting on this, like this is how we expect and want our lives to be and our spiritual lives to be. We kind of have this idea that God, I just want to pick what kind of season I'm in. I want to have the luxury of deciding what's going on in my life. I want to have the luxury of, of just choosing today how, how I want to live and what I want to do. And, and the older I get, the more I'm becoming convinced that it doesn't actually work that way. That it's actually God who lays out seasons for us and invites us, like we read in Psalm 23, invites us to follow him through these different seasons. And so when you look at scripture, this idea that there are seasons in our life is all over the place. It starts in Genesis with the creation account and the structure and the order that God put into place. And it travels all through scripture. There's two verses that I want to just bring to your attention. Psalm 1, verse 1 to 3. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, or sit in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. And he will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields fruit in every season. Revelation 22 Verse 1 and 2, I want to just read that with you really quickly. This is speaking of heaven. So this is like speaking of the new heaven and the new earth. This is like eternity that we're stepping into here. So seasons aren't just existing in our natural existence right now and in kind of the world that we live in. God has purposed and laid out his kingdom culture and structure to reflect Seasons, says this in Revelation 22, the angel showed me a river with the water of life clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. It flowed down the center of the main street. On each side of the river grew a tree of life bearing 12 crops of fruit with a fresh crop each month. The leaves were used for medicine to heal the nations. There's a lot that could be said about that, but I just want to illustrate to you that it's God's heart. God has actually purposed for us to experience and to walk through seasons in our life. Not to be able to just willy-nilly pick and choose what we want for today. God, I just, I want to be walking through a season of blessing today, or I want to be walking through, you know, I don't know why anybody would choose depression or anything like that, but sometimes... We need to actually just pause and say, God, 
how do I steward the moment that I'm living in right now? And actually back up from that even one further. Jesus, what is the season that I'm living in right now? I think that that is becoming for me a, a foundational question that I've been asking God for the last several months. Show me what season I'm walking in. Because the season we're in determines everything about how we'll get to the next season. Our ability to discern and to understand the season we're in will set us up to either be able to walk into the next season or to kind of repeat a Groundhog Day scenario, kind of the Bill Murray Groundhog Day scenario, and just wake up in this cyclical loop all the time. And I feel like so much of my life, and maybe even yours, if you really reflect back at your life and you could take like a macro look back at it, if I look back at my own, I see myself kind of treading water in these cycles for months and months and sometimes years at a time where I feel like I'm not going anywhere. I'm not making progress. I'm not moving forward. I believe that that's actually a, a big part of that. It's not being able to discern and steward the season that I'm in so that I'm ready to walk into the next one. So I want to leave you with a couple of practical things today as we kind of process through this. It's For me, it's not... What I'm learning, too, is, is that there, it's not just all good to have it sit up in your head, that there's actually principles that we can pull down and actually use in our life. So there's four questions, and you can write these down. I actually encourage you to write these down. These are some of the foundational questions that we need to ask in life. Question number one, who is God? Question number two, what does God do? So write these down. Question one, who is God? Question two, what does God do? Question three, who am I? Question four, what am I called to do? So often we're begging, we're begging for the answer to question four, but you will never fully understand the answer to question four until you know the answer to the first three. You will never fully understand how to steward the season you're in, how to be faithful with what you have, how to walk into the fullness of your purpose and your calling, the thing that God has put you on this earth for. You'll never be able to fully possess that if you don't understand the answers to the first three questions. Today, I, I just want to cover a little bit of the first two questions there. As we read in Psalm 23, in that series of verses, we are the sheep in that story. We're the ones who are helpless and wandering and who wander off and who need a shepherd to guide us. But unless we know the sound of our shepherd's voice, unless we recognize him, we won't be able to receive his direction and his leadership in our life. Who is God? That is the most foundational and important question we can ever ask or begin to answer in our lives. 
And it's not who is God just from a purely intellectual, theological perspective. This is not a study in apologetics. This is who is God relationally? Do I know him? Do I recognize him? Do I see him? Do I hear him? Who is he? And then what does he do? What are the characteristics that mark his movement? How do I recognize whether it's God or me or the devil at work? How do I recognize and discern what's happening around me? I can't recognize and discern it if I don't know who he is and if I don't know what he's like. If I haven't been able to understand what his goodness is, what his faithfulness is, if I, if I can't look at a situation and, and discern really quickly, well, that is not consistent with the character of God, so I know that's not from him, so I'm not going that way. But if we don't know who he is and what he's like, then we're kind of like those sheep that just sort of wander. And I believe that we're in a, a, in a season now. We are in a season as a church and even in our lives where God is challenging us to steward the seasons of our life. And stewardship begins with relationship. Stewardship begins with relationship and that relationship begins with intimacy. You can never really fully know someone until you've spent time with them. You can read their Twitter bio, you can look at their Facebook posts, you can watch their Instagram stories, but unless you've actually spent time with them relationally, unless you've spent that time that that breaks into that awkward kind of sitting there and not knowing what to say or what to do time, you'll never fully know someone. You'll never fully be comfortable with them. You'll never fully actually trust yourself into their hands. And God is inviting us to steward seasons, but he's asking us, first, do you know me? Do you recognize me? Can you spot the characteristics of my activity in your life? Can you spot the difference between the real thing and a fake? Can you spot the difference between a good idea and a God idea? So often, um, I, I feel like so often we, we struggle to know what God's purpose is for us and what his calling is for us in a given situation or even in the macro kind of trajectory of our life because we attribute to ourselves the things that actually come from God. You know, if I sort of asked you right now to reflect on, you know, what are the whether they've been fulfilled or not, what are the dreams that ignite just a stirring and a passion in your life? What are the things that when you were a teenager, you dreamt of doing with your life? What are the things that, that actually you know, keep you awake at night? What are those things that excite you? Do you think honestly that those are just simply a product of your own imagination and your own desire? Do you think really that you're the author of those things? I really believe, and I've been just reflecting on this in my own life, that because I attribute some of those things to myself, I put no trust or faith in them. I put no weight in them. 
And I just kind of move on with my life and go, ah, you know, just another dream dead. Just uh, my hopes crushed once again. But I believe if we knew and you knew and I knew the voice of our Heavenly Father, and if we understood his characteristics, we'd be able to discern in that moment, God, is this something that's coming from my heart or is this actually a seed that you're depositing in me? that you're inviting me to steward, that you're calling me to plant and to steward the seasons of its growth? It's an interesting question. A lot of times we just kind of think of those things that we're so passionate about, that we dream about, and we just completely dismiss them because we think it's just pie in the sky. It's useless. It's not real life. It's not reality. And so we actually choose, we uncouple ourselves from the heartbeat of God because we're not hearing and recognizing his voice. I want you to turn with me to Genesis, first book of the Bible. So the first thing that we need to do in stewarding seasons more effectively in our life is we need to walk in intimacy with the Father. And one of the ways that we do that is through prayer. We need to actually connect with him and spend time with him in prayer. In Genesis, we have this story where things started to go south on the earth and God was grieved that he made man and man became so wicked. Genesis 6 verse 9 says, this is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, the only blameless person living on earth at the time and he walked in close fellowship with God. I just want you to stop there. In the storyline of history, we're coming to a major season change. God is letting us in on his process. God is letting us in on his structure and how he operates. And he's letting us in and he's saying, look, there's a big season change that's about to come. And who does he look to as this season change is on the brink of unfolding, he looks to Noah, a man who walked in intimacy and relationship with him. God is looking for people on this earth who would recognize his voice, who walk in intimacy and in prayer with him. People who are walking in relationship with him, who are aware and wise to his ways and his character and how he operates and how he works so that he can actually use you and I to steward major transitions and seasons in the life of not only your family and this church, but of these cities on this earth and of our region and of our country. He's looking for people who are so connected to him that he 
can trust them in those moments of history and time to usher in a new movement of his spirit. And he's looking at all of us together. And he's saying, do you see it? Do you see me? Do you hear me? Do you understand how I work and how I operate? Because I want to use you to transform and change not only your life, but your family and your city and the nation and the nations of the world. But I'm looking for people who know me, who can follow my voice, who are walking in intimacy with me. The first thing that we need to do when stewarding seasons is step into a renewed call of his presence and walking in intimacy with him. We need to spend time in his presence. We need to develop the ability to hear his voice and understand it. We need to understand his character and his nature so that we can discern whether it's from us, it's from him, or it's from some other Joe Schmo. So God is looking for people to steward his presence. I love as we jump back into John, as Jesus is preparing, as he's preparing for the cross, it says that Jesus, in these final stretches just before he was making this turn, in the weeks leading up to the Last Supper and and this cross, it says that he spent every day teaching in the synagogues, but every night, every single night, he was holding all night prayer vigils with his father. In this season, he seemed to be recognizing that change was coming, that I need to prepare myself. And the way that I prepare is through connection and prayer. And so Jesus went into this, this moment of intense intentionality with his prayer life where he wasn't just leaving it to God is good, God is great, bless this food, thanks for the hands who prepared it, but he's actually taking his whole nighttime to connect with his father. Jesus said earlier on to his disciples that his food, that the thing that sustained him, that the thing that gave him strength, that the thing that actually filled him was walking in obedience to every word that his father spoke. And the only way that he could actually do that was to be connected in prayer to his father. If you want to understand the season you're in, you need to ask God, what season am I in? And you need to commit to a higher standard of prayer in your life. You need to commit to prayer when it hurts, to prayer that's sacrificial, to prayer that takes your time, to prayer that stretches you, to prayer that pushes you beyond your limits, to prayer that connects you to the heart and the purpose of God so that you can hear who he is, you can understand what he does, and you can be filled with the strength that he wants to give you to walk into and through the seasons of life. Jesus did this intentionally as he was preparing for the torture and crucifixion of his body. His lifeline was prayer and intimacy. 
I believe that it was that period of concentrated prayer that allowed Jesus in John 17 to say the time has come. I know. I've heard my father. I've seen him. I've accomplished and stewarded everything in this season, and I know it, and I'm ready now. Again, it was Jesus that triggered that change of season, not his father. How incredible. How incredible that he would leave us this model for life where we're walking in such intimacy and faithfulness that it's us who says, I'm ready, Jesus. I'm ready for that next season. I'm ready to walk. So instead of getting backed in or pushed in, instead of getting shoved into the next season, unprepared and unready, we can say, God, I'm standing at the doors. And when the doors open, boom, I'm walking through. I'm ready. I'm equipped. I've been faithful. I've met with you. I've connected with you. I know your heart. I know your character. To steward seasons well, we need to begin with intimacy in prayer. This has been a great challenge to me that God began stirring in my heart late last year to spend my mornings with him, to completely invert my whole life schedule. I used to be a morning person, and then I got married, and Rochelle is not a morning person, so she made me a night person, not as late as her. I'm, not, I'm sort of blaming her for this, but... Um, so then, actually, she used to complain more recently. She's like, oh, you never get up before me anymore, and you're always staying up late, and you're, you know, doing all this stuff. And I just felt later in the fall last year, like Jesus was convicting me, and he was saying, you need to flip your schedule. And you need to not live kind of in reaction to everything going on, but you need to actually be purposeful and decided in how you're going to invest your time in your day. It took about a month and a half for me to kind of get that through my head. And I felt him saying to start in the new year, and I started about 16 days late into the new year. But that's why I've been getting up at 4.30 or 5 every morning. It's not for you. It's not for my, it is for my wife and for my family. But it's for me so that I can be connected to my good shepherd. So that I have time of intimacy and quiet where I can hear him, where I can receive from him every single day the words of life that sustain me and bring clarity to the season I'm in. Every morning asking God, what season am I walking through and how do I walk through it? How do I follow you? How do I entrust my life into your hands? I know this was true for me, so I'm going to just say it, and I'm not being harsh. But I think the reason we don't understand the seasons we're in and we don't understand the voice of God is because we're lazy. We're just lazy. We'll pray when it's convenient. When we feel like it, we'll pick out our Bible and we'll read it. When we're stressed or we or just having a good day and feel like there's extra time, but he's looking for people who would be intentional. People who are willing to go to that place of intentionality. The second thing that is required to steward seasons is preparation. 
It's one thing to receive the word of God about what season you're in. It's another thing to walk and carry that in preparation for the next season. Jesus is always interested. God is always interested in moving forward. He's always interested in moving us from glory to glory, strength to strength, from one thing to the next. He's not interested in us in us walking through life like this. He's not interested in us in circling the wagons and repeating the same things over and over and over again. But the reason we're not able like Jesus, to step into new seasons is because we haven't prepared ourselves. We haven't stewarded what he's invited us to do. He invited Noah to build a boat. It had never rained. They didn't know what rain was. The Bible says that springs from the center of the earth irrigated the land. So God says, we're in a new season, Noah, a major thing is about to happen, and I want you to be a part of my plan for redemption and healing and salvation and life. But you need to steward and prepare. So for like over a hundred years, Noah built a boat when no one even knew what rain was. He worked and he labored at the ridicule of those around him. He prepared in the season that he was in to walk with Jesus into the next season. And so often, even when we feel like we've heard from God, well, I'm, I, I, you know, I'm in a season of testing or I'm in a season of sowing or I'm in a season of reaping and harvest, whatever the season may be that he has you in, we kind of just sit there with it and we don't do anything with it. And we kind of think of ourselves, you know, like at the airport, those amazing escalator walkways that they have now. We just sort of step on and expect that he's going to magically transport us to the next season. But God doesn't work that way. In general, sometimes there's exceptions to the rule. What he asks for us is to steward faithfully the assignments and the tasks to prepare ourselves so that when it comes time to trigger that new season, we're equipped and we're ready and we're prepared. There's a story in Joshua after the Israelites had kind of defeated all of their enemies. They had possessed the land that God at that time was calling them to possess. A few of the tribes were getting ready to head back over the Jordan to the east side where they had their land. And the whole nation of Israel released them with a blessing. They had this great worship service and Joshua said to them, more than anything, love the Lord your God with all your heart and mind and soul and strength. More than anything, devote yourselves to God. And so they send them off with this great service and these men and Warriors, they get to the Jordan and then they build uh, an altar like a, a mock tabernacle. And it's kind of strange. Like, why in the world would they do that? And it actually offended the whole rest of the nation. When the rest of Israel heard about it, they were indignant because they believed that these people were actually defying and offending God. And so they approached them and they said, how could you do this? This is like a curse you're bringing on our whole nation. 
And these tribes said, no, 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 look, you've got it all wrong. We're, we did this because we know in future generations, you're going to forget about us. And because we are displaced from you, we're separated from you, you're not going to invite us back into your worship gatherings. You're not going to accept us back as part of your nation. And so we're doing this as a reminder. We're doing this to faithfully steward and mark the end of this season so that when our children and our grandchildren grow up, this will be there as a reminder for them that we're part of your family. This tribe actually stewarded so well the purposes of God in their season, and they, they planned for the future. Just the way that Noah did and the way that we see all through Scripture. The Bible says that Jesus learned obedience through the things that he suffered. That it was his ability to understand the season, to be connected in relationship to the Father, and then to be faithful to steward what he had in that season. Here's what I want to leave with you today with this. You may be thinking, yeah, but I don't, there's some seasons I don't want to walk through. Maybe you're in a season that you don't want to be in. Maybe you're in a season and you're looking around and it just feels like, and it looks like carnage everywhere. It looks like everything you don't want to be experiencing. I just want to remind you, Psalm 1, 1 to 3, Revelation 22, 1 and 2, that it's so clear, it's so clear from the Gospels and from the Word of God that there is fruit and life to be found in every season. It doesn't matter if it looks like carnage all around you. There is fruit that can come out of everything. God is good and he's faithful. He's loving and he's kind. His mercy knows no end. You've been fearfully and wonderfully made by him. He has a purpose and a plan for you. And no matter what it looks like on the outside, don't get distracted by what you see, but understand according to the word of God, according to his character, according to his goodness and his faithfulness, according to what you hear from him and his truth, that there is fruit even in this season that you're in. As Jesus was in the upper room with his disciples, I believe that he engaged in kind of what was the, the pivotal move to trigger this next season, and that was washing his disciples' feet. So he's staring at the man who he knew was filled with demonic spirits in Judas. He's staring at the man who would betray him to be tortured and die. Unimaginable suffering. He's staring at that man. And in one act of incredible spiritual warfare, he humbles himself and he serves him and loves him and washes his feet. 
I believe that it's a powerful image for us today of how to be faithful stewards, that there was fruit in that. There was fruit in these final hours and moments of Jesus' life, even though he could have been sitting there and complaining and tearing a strip off Judas and complaining to all the other disciples about his traitorous friend, his treasonous friend, his backstabbing friend. He could have been sitting there and complaining to God about everything that was taking place and going on in his life, but instead he sees an opportunity to produce fruit in a season of testing and trial. And in that season of testing and trial, he washes the man's feet who would betray him. And I believe that that was a a trigger in the spiritual realm. Supernaturally, that was an act of warfare against the purposes and the plans of the devil, against the desire to rise up in anger and justification, against the desire for him to take matters into his own hands, against the desire for him to invoke and execute his own justice. Jesus said to his disciples, in one word I could call down thousands of angels to rescue me, but I'm choosing in this season to see where the fruit is. I'm choosing to believe in God's word where he says, if, if there is fruit in 12 seasons of the tree of life in heaven, that there's fruit in this season, there's something I can learn, there's something I can use to grow, there's something here to prepare me for what's coming next, there's something here to bring healing, there's something here to bring freedom and salvation and revelation and restoration, there's something here, God. I don't see it, but I believe it because it's faithful according to your word. It's according to your character. It's according to how you operate. It's how you work and move. So Jesus, knowing his father through prayer and intimacy with him, and Jesus knowing how to carry and steward faithfully the things that he was called to do in that season, turned a potential season of disaster and sorrow and despair into a season of victory and strength. That was like a building block that Jesus needed to stand on to have the strength he needed for this final stretch of his ministry life. And he's inviting you and I to ask him, what season am I in? Who are you, God? I want to know you. I want to hear you. What are you like? What do you do? How do I see you at work and moving in my life? And how do I steward well what you're inviting me to walk through? Where is the fruit right now? Even though it looks like everything is going sideways and nothing is working for my good, I believe and I trust not in my own feelings, not in my perception, but in your word, God. Revelation 22, 2, that says that the tree of life bears fruit in every season, 12 crops a year. And God, there's something for me in this season that will bring me life and prepare me for what you have next. Let's stand together. I want you to know 
that even if you feel like you've made a mess of the season you're in, even if you feel like you're in over your head, even if you feel like you've made decisions that have actually hurt and harmed you more than they've benefited you, even if you feel like you've done a horrible job of stewarding the season you're in. When we look to the character and the nature of our Father, when we understand and know that He is good and faithful, that His mercy triumphs over judgment, that His grace is sufficient for us, we understand that in one moment, in one moment of humility and surrender and repentance, God can restore and reset us to the place we need to be in order to fulfill the season we're in. He did it time and time and time again, even in the Old Testament under an old covenant that was incomplete. He showed Israel time and time again that he was willing to forgive them and give them a new lease on life. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know how you feel about what you're going through. But I do know the word of God that says he's faithful, that he's good, that his mercy triumphs over his judgment, that he will never leave you or forsake you, that he's a good shepherd who runs after his sheep that have gone astray. He's a good shepherd that brings them back to that place of safety, that brings them back to that place of trust. He's good, and he's good in your life. And even today, he can give you a new start with this season. Let's pray. Father, we just ask that you, even right now, Holy Spirit, I just... I invite you to just fill this room with your hope and your life and your truth, your love. Jesus, your word says that you give us strength for today and a bright hope for tomorrow. So, Father, I just ask in the name of Jesus that if there are things going on in people's hearts and in their lives that that would lead them to believe that somehow they've disqualified themselves or they've made too big of a mess or they have mishandled this season of their life. I just ask that you would move in, Holy Spirit, and that you would speak hope, that you would put your finger on exactly the moment or exactly the thought or exactly the thing that was said or done to undermine what you want to do in this season in their life and that you would give them the courage and the clarity and the grace to repent and lay that back down at your feet. Father, I pray today across this room that you would bring new life and new starts, that, God, that we would be people who are faithful to steward the seasons we're in, that you would call us to intimacy and prayer and that you would call us to prepare and to carry what it is you've called us to carry in this season. God, not so that we can feel confident in ourselves, but so that 
we can be people who bring hope and life and salvation, healing. God, I want to see people healed and set free because your church has risen up and decided to steward the seasons of their life well. They've decided to prepare well. They've decided to equip themselves and arm themselves for engagement in warfare. Father, I pray that your church would experience a new season of life, that the families represented here would experience a new season of life. And Father, I pray where there's been destruction and death and sorrow and depression and anger and all of these things, I just ask Jesus that you would show them where the fruit is. Show me how to carry what you've entrusted me with. Show me how to lead my family and how to lead this church. Show me how to be faithful in the days that you've prepared for my life. Jesus, we love you. And I just ask Holy Spirit for clarity this week for every person walking out. Clarity and revelation on who you are, what you do, who they are in you, and what you're calling them to carry and steward in this season. May we be connected to you, Father, our good shepherd. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope that you are challenged and inspired by what you heard today, and that you're willing to allow God to work in and through your life in bigger ways this week. We'd love to stay connected with you on social media, facebook.com slash mountainparkchurch and instagram.com slash mountainparkchurch. Finally, if you have a story of how God has been working in and through you, we'd love to hear it. Just email us at mystory@mp.church at and tell us how God has been working in your life lately.